0: I've been reading, I've learned a lot about One Oncology in the past few days, and from what I read, it's a, it's a physician-led organization that really empowers doctors to have a, a real decision-making authority, and I'm interested in that because my immediate thought is this sort of structure may just create some sort of innate friction uh, between, uh, with, with just standard care endeavors. And so what I want to ask you is, can you speak to whether doctors within One Oncology are encouraged to make decisions based on high-quality evidence and informed guidelines or clinical pathways, whatever it may be, rather than personal preference?
1: Of course. And when you think about physician leadership, I think you can reflect back on lots of other companies that suggest they might be physician-led, quote-unquote. And in reality, those physicians are beholden to something other than real clinical evidence, and real clinical expertise that guides the appropriate course of treatment for their patient. At one oncology, we've built mechanisms, formal and informal, that allow physicians to continue to do what they do best, which is to treat people with cancer. So the formal mechanisms, um, even at the top governance level of the company, um, include having four of our board members being physicians, three of them being medical oncologists, including Dr. Basurka, who is on our board member and one of the founding uh, visions of this company. Um, There are um, three of those physicians, three of those medical oncologists are involved in the day-to-day leadership of the company, um, including doctors with Serka, Patton, and Schwartzberg. Um, We have uh, just appointed Dr. Lee Schwartzberg as our chief medical officer, and and we're really excited to have Lee uh, in that role. Um, He will organize and put forth um, a governing body called One Council which will include physician leadership from each of the practices in the company. And they and they alone will determine pathways, drug regimen and drug selection, um, clinical policy and direction, Um, all of it based on evidence and data um, that we're able to provide through the economies of scale and intelligence that one oncology brings. So I'm not sure what other um, factors should be included in clinical decision-making, but I'm pretty sure that those physicians' expertise, backed by clinical evidence um, and data, will liberate them to do what they've always wanted to do, which is treat people
0: with cancer. And I, I'm curious, just on this one council idea, how many members are you expecting
1: on the council? There will be one one uh, per, one, one per uh, practice. Right, right so now we have free practices. three practices. We yeah. expect to have many more. Right. Uh, and over time, um, each of those... And, and, you know, important in our structure, remember, um, in our in our relationship with the practices, the practices keep their practice. They keep their tax ID. Number, yes, okay. And they keep complete independent clinical decision making authority. Okay, um, that's not something I'm equipped to, nor would I ever want to uh, engage uh, one oncology in. So that that actually leads
0: me to what I wanted to ask you, Jeff, you know, as as you know, CEO and managing partner of its New York cancer and blood specialists. Right. So why? What was the, uh, the impetus for you to join One Oncology? What opportunities and benefits did this network provide, uh, say maybe in comparison to other So other I think what treatments. you find that's
2: unique about the three practices that got together, it's not your typical you know, mishmash of dysfunctional groups <laughs> that get together purely for financial gain. None of, it did, none of us did that. You know, All of us have very successful practices. We're all very clinically integrated. We all have robust research departments but we all were hungering for the same thing and that's a different culture and a different delivery model for cancer care. We've sat back, all of us, and have done the best that we have been able to do over the years in trying to change it individually and have realized we need to be more collective if we're going to change how we each take care of patients. And and this goes back 20 years. I walked into my first Amerisource meeting and I met probably, to me, the four visionaries that guided my career and have allowed me to you know get to where I am today the first one that I met was Lee Schwartzberg Mm -hmm. and then it was Jeff Patton it was Bill Harwin and Stan Marks and still to this day those four guys I reach out to whenever I have a question about business and they help me guide my practice to where it is today so to have the opportunity to work with the two of them to form something better than any of us could do separately is Mm. remarkable. And back to that question about friction, I hope there's friction. (laughs) There should be friction, right? Because friction goes to discourse, which gets to discussion, which gets to presenting of all that clinical data. And that's how you come up with great pathways, which is not something we've seen before.
0: I'm interested in ways in which one oncology... Differ[s] from the other networks like U.S. Oncology and American Oncology Network. What's the marketing strategy for for getting this out and bringing in more practices into One Oncology?
3: It's a great question and, and something that uh, we hear a lot of at One Oncology. You know, the entire marketplace uh, is starting to evolve in regards to community oncology, and there are a lot of organizations that are coming uh, to, to the space. And I think it's great for Community Oncology and one of the reasons why we're so excited about what we're doing at One Oncology. A couple of the important key differentiators for One Oncology and how we compare to, to every other sort of company out there is that, you know, number one, we are focused on an organization that is led by a physician, and one of the things that we always talk about is uh, as in politics, things are local, and that's equally true in cancer care. and so when we think about working with our practices, the physicians really maintain a lot of the local autonomy they look they maintain and own their practice. They run how the operations work within that clinic, within that organization. And we as One Oncology are there just for support to them. And so one of the things that we think is a key pillar to One Oncology is our physician-centric autonomy model. And we think that the physicians maintaining the clinical decision-making, as well as how they operate within their market, is gonna allow them to be successful Within that market, I would say the second biggest differentiator in One Oncology is our investment in technology. It's been pointed out a lot that we have a really strong relationship and partnership with Flatiron. But we really think that data-powered technology is a critical enabler to the success of all of the practices in One Oncology. Leveraging a common platform across all of our practices and then taking that data and learning from each other is the way that we're going to be able to build an organization focused on constant improvement on quality, cost, access, and patient experience. Having this integrated model will allow not only the physicians to be successful and improve over time, but also all of the staff within our clinics. So all the operational staff, all the financial and billing staff, and then also all the clinical staff that are non-physician. And then the last thing I'll talk about is our culture. This is one of the differentiators that excites me the most. Everyone within our organization is focused on improving the lives of everyone living with cancer. We believe that it doesn't just start and end with the physician and the patient but it includes the families of the patients, all of the staff within the clinics, the community that we're in, and everyone that does get impacted or touch the lives of our, our patients. And we're building a culture around bringing everyone into the loop to improve on the entire ecosystem.
1: I think this, this this distinction um, is really important. This, with the first question you asked, um, probably distinguish us from almost any other model. First, the physician leadership and physician centricity of our business model as reflected in each of the mechanisms I described. And then second, the investment in this common platform. Um, There are other models out there that are simply a multiple arbitrage transaction, right? Um, We're going to consolidate practices at a low multiple and sell the consolidated entry entity at a higher multiple. That's not what this is about. Um, there are uh, business models out there that consolidate scale for the sole purpose of distributing drugs. With the, that is their principal financial interest. That's not what we're about. Um, if we were about those things, we would not invest the immense amount of capital we are in building a common infrastructure. Not just a technology infrastructure, but an analytics and data infrastructure an operational and process and collaborative infrastructure so that we can use the economies of scale that that consolidated infrastructure brings and the economies of intelligence the data and best practices it derives to identify ways to advance the science and practice of, of cancer care and then when we identify those great things go back into that single platform and make the change once right. exactly. if we had hundred and thirty two points of care delivery that were none of them were integrated, and we had to go back and make 132 changes, it would never get done. The impact of your best practice becomes diluted in the morass of your confusion. Uh, in this market, we can uh, in this model, we can identify a best practice and make one change and drive it across the entire area. Mm. It's a significant mm. investment, but we think
2: it's worth it in driving the, the overall vision. Of the- I, 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 and I think on from the ground floor, from the physician side, yeah. the biggest difference and uh, you know The other models that are out there, there are practices for everyone. You know Our goal is to keep practices from joining, you know, being part of the hospital consolidation. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that the other two models are out there, and I think it's wonderful. I think a bigger difference is, in addition to being physician-led, this is physician-owned. Mm-hmm. You know, the physicians that come into this company have ownership in the company. When you have skin in the game, you care more, you do more, you work better, your quality standards are much higher, because it's your name, right? And the practices keep their tax ID number. You know, they don't lose their identity on the local side, but at the same time, they're gonna have behind them a national brand that's gonna be known for quality to back them up in their decision making.
0: I was going to ask about the flat iron influence or what we're doing, but I think, I think we're, we covered that for the most part. I do want to just ask quickly, can you speak to pathway use? Well, that's
2: the whole point of Lee Schwartzberg. Yeah. You okay. bring in a brilliant clinical mind and researcher who develops a council that involves the physicians, and that's the first step to developing the, the best clinical pathways. Yeah. And, and Lee's been involved, obviously, in the company
1: from day one as the, one of the principal physicians at West uh, Cancer and has begun conversations with Dr. Veserka and Dr. Patton around the consolidation and rationalization of pathways. So this process is already underway.
2: The important thing is it's being driven by data and our doctors. And you step back and you look at now between the 250 oncologists within our group, the breadth of expertise that's in there. I mean, it's remarkable what we'll be able to turn out in the ways of pathways, and not just. Turning out a pathway is not complicated, it's staying on top of it a week later when the next drug comes in.